Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Rohingya Genocide Remembrance Day was held on August 25th, marking five years since the Myanmar military began mass premeditated attacks against the stateless Rohingya population in Rakhine State. In the weeks following, around 700,000 people fled to Bangladesh. The refugee camp at Cox's Bazaar is now the largest in the world, with almost a million people. Many want to go home, but they're demanding that Myanmar grant them citizenship rights first. On today's program, we speak with two activists working for justice for the Rohingya, both in Myanmar and as refugees stranded around the world, but also for justice for all Myanmar people living under the military coup. Later in the program, we're going to hear from Tasneem Rock from AFIDA Union Aid Abroad and the Myanmar Campaign Network. But first up, Sajida Bahadumia is the spokesperson for the Australian Rohingya Women's Development Organisation. Living in Australia at the moment, um, very they, this country very nice country, but is the temporary protection visa ten years still right now i'm also te- i'm also is the protection temporarily visa uh this is the temporarily visa category number is 785 and other five years visa is is seven shape visa this visa is no not very full not very good as special for rohingyas and i know everyone needs they who come to buy boat in Australia, they have government give it to punishment. They are uh, laborers give it to punishment as them. We can't apply at any permanent visa. <laughs> this situation, everyone is there struggling now in Australia who living who come to 2013, they they they're very struggling, very stressful. And some of them, Brazilian visa is still right now for nine years, over nine years. And and detention, community detention also, their families. And children is, some of them children is born in Australia. They also same things inside the detention. They now is start this school, five years old. They can go to on community school. This is the very, very sad. I'm very, my community, I'm told to time, I'm listening to history because I'm working there for community. I'm community women's leader. And I'm also still now is the temporary visa, 785 visa category. This, this noise much helpful us because I have seven kids. My oldest daughter, she's the uni. She very struggling a lot, and and all of the future I have yeah two boys, yeah ten years boys, yeah five kindy, yeah one, yeah two like that, and six months baby. Even though there are many different visas that um, many of the Rohingya are on in Australia, it sounds like most of you are on temporary protection visas. What are the rules? What are the restrictions of the visa? 
if these visa rules, you can't, like it's very hard to for these visa rules. I like to example, um, I'm here, my my family inside the Bangladesh and some of them Saudi Arabia and I have to visit my mom. I have to wait in first um, immigration permission. I have to apply. I have to say everything detailly. Everything's the document, like it's the why you my mom living, why you my mom this. I have to say my personal stuff, everything. I have to give it them. And and after that, they give it the permission. Only is the mom visiting, only is the brother, sister, no other business, no other cousin and other things, friends. I have friends married, I can't go. This is the rules. And another rules is um, inside them, you can apply these visa rules. Is the, uh, my visa is the date finished, three, three years visa. 785. This is the three years visa. I received the 2016 three years visa. And now I'm 22 and my visa uh, date finish and they're not expired. Before finish, I apply them again, same visa. I'm still waiting my new date visa, but no, I didn't receive it. This, this, this is the many people didn't understand that this visa get this visa re, re, restriction uh, rules. You know what I mean? And the weekend, my students, uh, like is the your top boys, apply the online job. They many people can't understand. Oh, you aspire your visa. We can't accept it. This is the annoying. This is the big barrier. This is the, our young generation, our Rohingya uh, refugee kids. Teenager kids is the big barrier, and they, and we can't, we can't rent. With like this example, I'm five years work with the tax money paying, and I like to for something I rented, I rented for car, new car. I have to buy it. I can't, I can't pay. I can't known. You know what I mean? Some is mm, like yeah. it's it's bizarre. I can't take the any knowns, the government, any systems. I'd like to for I have to plan in my husband, me working five years. I have to plan in my own house, you know, the package. I have loan is bank known. They they don't give it to known because I don't permanent. I'm not the permanent. The Albanese government promised during the election campaign that the Rohingya refugees from Myanmar that are on TPVs would be granted permanent visas. What has happened to that promise? Yes, this is the very good. I'm very excited because my community is very happy to for uh, labor come because they, they promised the last times they so they didn't unlucky they didn't win and this time is the day lucky because everyone supported for this um choose the public all of the Australian public chooses the labor because they they promise uh, they they look after this visa and this refugee and the especially the Rohingya refugees and we we make them very hope new 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 dream new hope we need this and but we're still waiting nothing heard about they give it to visa but i don't know so many policy we heard i think so you know them also and 
And also it's the three months, nothing coming near you, anyone receive it. All is the one family. And of course, the situation in your home country is still very, very bad. The junta is committing many atrocities daily, not just against Rohingya, but against all of the people of Myanmar. I know that uh, your organisation calls for or supports targeted sanctions against the junta. Uh, Tell me a little bit about this campaign. Oh, this is the no only diplomat organization. This is the yes, especially this is organization I am focusing this this the Omchen Chushi and military call. They have to they they know deserve it for power. They can't use it the wrong way power. They have to we look in the for like I'm supporting only one reason. They have to de- de- democracy. We look in the for our backhand democracy. We they not they not do the right things. They do it all of the community torture. They curb yes. We targeting is that they have to resign. They not need the power. Who look after this issue for whole in in. In international community, all of the world to look after this. I have to support it also. I'm I'm also involving this issue. I'm still I'm looking because um I can't come to media uh because um I try to force everything say them because very affected my family. I lose so many my family. My family have with my two sisters inside the Arkan street, Mondo, um, Shitafara, my, my suburb. And they two sisters, they, they two sisters have families, bigger families. My oldest older sister have grand, she is a grandma. And and they I have two two families inside the camp, my brother's families. I lose one my brother. I don't find it it's still right now. I don't have any connection. I don't have any contact. And my mom is in Saudi Arabia, one brother with my mom's and the other cousin, first cousin, they they living in Saudi Arabia a long time. And also is the my sister, two sisters moving Saudi Arabia because and the Saudi Arabia also not very good there for Rohingyans uh, uh, because they hold it there for other country passport, you know what I mean? Um, they smuggle yeah. not their passport. They smuggle mm-hmm. everything. Change, everything change. Now is the Saudi Arabia also homeless? All of the Rohingyans because they visiting for Umrah and it's still there. They living there. You know, is the Hajj and Umrah. Yes. They they show they go to Umrah. All of the Rohingyans go to Umrah and stay there. Right. Illegally. Illegally stay there. This reason they they all of them is the homeless in Saudi Arabia. Now Saudi Arabia is them say them they back to these people go back to Bangladesh came. They you heard this news? I don't know. I have someone sharing me send me video uh, the news. They contact three thousand um Rohingyan back to Bangladesh came. I'm very surprised Bangladesh came, uh, Bangladesh government take them for um, the Rohingyans. Uh, my, my question, my thinking, uh, the Saudi Arabia is the big country. 
also is the Muslim country. They can they can give it to refugee. They can help with the this ranking situation. And I've, I I noticed all the world very annoying annoying the ranking issue. No much support. No much in bowling. Now it's still coming. I'm sorry that I have to say this. I have to, because I've noticed the many country that in knowing not much Australia, not much supported ranking issue. No, they didn't much. Yeah. Who is the work the refugee? Who is the working the refugee? They they supporting. They focusing, but who have the actual power? They knowing this issue. What happened? We're not the power person. We is the we is the torture person. We 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 have the pain, but we don't have anything. My community not have anything. I don't so, have anything. Tell me, tell me, you you're the spokesperson of the Australian Rohingya Women's Development Organization. Tell me about the work that you do. What do you do, and what are the objectives of that organization? My accept organization, they insert them now because my organization very one years old, nearly one years, very, very new I set up still. Because uh, my focus in Sydney, New South Wales, our Rangan women can learning this is the issue. Where is the genocide? Where is it? They need the mental support, health support, education support, and the on on the uh, decision um this is that i'm very focusing my women they have so many so many pain they can't say they self they problems they can't say them this reason i said them i have to support my women's need the other international women's where you do it independent they can do it inside australia they this is our home we feel 90, 85% this Australia, our new home. But it's the bizarre reason we can't say them 100%. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. That was Sujita Bahadumia, spokesperson for the Australian Rohingya Women's Development Organisation, speaking about the situation for Rohingya refugees in Australia and overseas the conditions they're on and the sheer amount of restrictions preventing them from being free. August 25th was Rohingya Genocide Remembrance Day and that's the focus of today's Accent of Women. My next guest is Tasneem Rock, the Myanmar organiser for Afida Community Aid Abroad and the Myanmar Campaign Network. I'm Tasneem Rock. I'm one of two campaign managers with Myanmar Campaign Network. I have an interesting background coming to the role. Uh, I I was working um, in a volunteer capacity um, since the Myanmar coup last year. So I was helping out with different um, advocacy campaigns and lobbying petitions, letter writing, that sort of thing. My background is actually I'm I'm an actress. So I I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really odd to be in this position, but I think a lot of people are like me after the coup. They've found themselves... Um, drawn or committed to doing something about restoring democracy and human rights in Myanmar. So I work with um, my my colleague at Myanmar Campaign Network, which is a coalition, Australian coalition of uh, different organisations. So 
things like um, human rights organisations, trade unions, um, international aid NGOs, some faith-based organisations and some uh, Myanmar diaspora organisations as well, and they've been working since the coup. Well, you're uh, in addition to that role at AFIDA, you're a part of the Myanmar Campaign Network. Can you tell us a little bit about the aims and objectives of that campaign network? Yeah, certainly. So... The, the core aim is to restore federal democracy and human rights in Myanmar. The two aims that we've got at the moment are targeted sanctions on the Myanmar junta to cut off the cash that they're using to buy their weapons, their jets that they're using in airstrikes, the aviation fuel that they use. And the second one is the recognition of the national unity government. So that's the government that was uh, ousted during the, the um, 1 February coup in 2021. Uh, and it consists of uh, democratically elected uh, officials and um, other uh, representations from different ethnic groups, that kind of thing. So one of the commitments, as you said, is, um, you know, these targeted sanctions of, yeah. against the Myanmar junta. What specifically do you mean by that? What does that actually look like? So... The Myanmar junta has business interests in so many different industries. It's completely woven into the society of Myanmar. So you're looking at things like hotels, banking, manufacturing, uh, lots of uh, uh, interests in natural resources, so the extractive industry, uh, in oil and gas. So over the last 10 years, as there's been more uh, foreign investment, the Myanmar, the Myanmar military's... Um, Business interests are linked to our global economy. So if we cut off their uh, access to foreign revenue, we're actually cutting off their ability to purchase the weapons, purchase the helicopter gunships, purchase the jets, this kind of thing. So that's our main aim. It's to cut off the foreign revenue. So we know at the moment they've got approximately $6 billion of foreign revenue in their reserves and in the last couple of months, they've uh, they've issued a couple of capital controls. So they're desperately trying to keep their hands on that revenue. Uh, there's a couple of industries that we're looking at in particular. So oil and gas. So that industry will earn them about 1.5 or over 1.5 billion dollars this year. And also mining. That's a, a earning them billions of dollars. It's a very uh, opaque industry. We're not quite sure how much money, but certainly billions of dollars. With these extended business interests, um, are you, do you know and have you managed to map yet whether those industries, whether those workplaces are unionised and then getting union support through the workforce to apply pressure on the junta? Well, here's the tricky thing. After the February coup, unions were outlawed. So being a union member and being uh, an organiser is an extremely dangerous uh, dangerous thing to be um, at the moment. So since the coup, um, a lot of uh, union organisers have union organisers have been targeted. They've been arrested. Um, so it's yeah, it's a pretty dangerous game to be um, to be organising uh, in in any way against the the military. 
Well, the current situation, pretty similar to what you've just described, the the situation in Myanmar is quite urgent for everybody. So you've talked about um, unions being outlawed. We know that the heightened level of violence on the street is really immediate for people. But what can you tell us specifically about the situation for the Rohingya there? Because we know that the Rohingya are a marginalised minority community in Myanmar. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I think um, I think with the Rohingya, you know, we're talking about um, a people that are the most persecuted <laughs> and the most vulnerable in the world. I think it's about 1.3 million people. They've been rendered stateless from um, the 1984 um, citizenship uh, law. So their citizenship was revoked in 1984. Um, and I think there's around about 600,000 that are still currently in Myanmar, but, you know, there's over 1 million people who have fled violence and persecution, acts of genocide and war crimes, crimes against humanity. And so they're, you know, the ones that are living um, outside of Myanmar in neighbouring countries, you know, they're living in very overcrowded, poor conditions. And those that are um, inside the country, they're living in a, a, it's a, a state of apartheid. So they've had restrictions on so many um, aspects of their life um, in terms of their um, ability to own property, to marry, to access healthcare, their access to education. Um, all of these things have been restricted. And so they've experienced um, systemic uh, persecution and discrimination for decades. Labor organisations and other civil society groups have faced violence, arbitrary arrests, raids and seizures, threatening phone calls and surveillance. Given that urgent, violent situation on the ground, are people able to organise any resistance there? What does a resistance look like? Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, at the very beginning um, of the coup, you saw hundreds of thousands of people in the streets um, demonstrating and, and protesting. And obviously, the you know the lethal crackdowns happened um, very quickly um, in the, that first couple of days. So people are still organising. It's extremely inspiring. They're just covert and they're underground. So what you're seeing now is um, flash protests. Um, flash mobs that disperse very quickly. Um, But, yeah, there are definitely um, networks and organisations that are working underground and they're highly organised and highly determined and motivated, so it's really inspiring to see. I know that your organisation is calling for international pressure to have the military reduce its atrocities against against the people. Other than the sanctions, do you think that there are other measures that states can take? Well, certainly in terms of, um, you know, dialoguing with um, the different countries. So what we're asking for is Australia to continue to dialogue with Bangladesh, Thailand, Malaysia in terms of, uh, well, in terms of the actions that they can take um, and encouraging there. Also asking for support for those refugees that are fleeing that violence. Um, At the moment in Thailand, you're seeing lots of um, refugee pushbacks and poor treatment of refugees, uh, you know, people being arrested multiple times and being extorted for money. This is happening in uh, Thailand and in Malaysia. Uh, In terms of something else that Australia could do, um, 
we could and we are advocating for Australia to uh, investigate and prosecute um, the Myanmar junta under the principle of universal jurisdiction. And um, that's something that's also happening in Argentina at the moment as well. And what about solidarity supporters like some of our listeners? If they wanted to support the struggle against the injustices, the crimes against humanity, the general human rights situation, what can they do? Yeah, look, it can be something as simple as keeping Myanmar in the conversation because obviously there's a lot of um, a, lo- a lot of crises in the world at the moment and sometimes Myanmar, um, you know, isn't always in the news cycle. So to keep the conversation going with your friends and, and, and um, you know, your workmates, that sort of thing, um, obviously some people will be doing their own advocacy and lobbying themselves. They may be, find themselves in meetings with um, ministers or, or other people and um, if they have the opportunity to raise the Myanmar issues in those environments as well. Um, certainly uh, liking and following Myanmar Campaign Network and other um, advocates on social media and um, amplifying um, the voices from uh, within Myanmar, that's something that they can do. Um, there are a couple of rallies coming up as well. So if people are in uh, Canberra, there is going to be um, a rally and that's going to be for all uh, refugee communities and they're demanding permanent visas on Tuesday the 6th of September. Uh, if you're going to be in Sydney, I know that this is uh, going out to people all over Australia, but people in Sydney on the 18th of September, there's also going to be um, a protest to demand permanent visas and end to offshore detention and to end uh, boat turnbacks as well. Um, and Myanmar Campaign Network, we also have uh, an action that people can take. So we're asking people to email their federal MP to ask them to take action on targeted sanctions for um, on the Myanmar junta. So um, that's on our website at myanmarcampaignnetwork.org. And we'll include that on the Accent of Women page too so people can access the link there. Excellent. Tasneem, thank you so much for your time on the program today. I really appreciate it. Was there anything you wanted to add to the discussion? Just to say thank you and thank you for, um, you know, caring about the people of Myanmar. I think that um, what we're hearing is that they're becoming a little bit disheartened about the international action and sometimes they think that they've been forgotten. So it's really wonderful to let them know that they're not forgotten. In fact, there's a big swell of support and action that's taking place for them. That was Tasneem Rock from the Myanmar Campaign Network and before her, Sajida Bahadumia from the Australian Rohingya Women's Development Organisation. And we'll put details up on our Facebook page so that you can stay in touch with the Myanmar Campaign Network. But that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. Music for Accent of Women was written and produced by George Kunjeri. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. 
If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.